For it is by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 Welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Well, hello and welcome to Grace Bond Ministries, video number three, um, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's video number three. Uh, very excited to finally get started in some stuff. Uh, everything I've done so far has been kind of introductory and and uh, it's been kind of introduction type of stuff. Now I'm going to really get into some interesting things. Well, I think it's interesting. Uh, hopefully, I can, I, hopefully I can convince you that it's interesting as well. But uh, <laughs> let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, so anyways, again, welcome. Uh, go ahead and start off before I forget. If you have any uh, uh, questions, prayer requests, whatever, or if I'm going through this and you have some kind of objection or you have an insight or something like that, um, I am uh, getting, I'm going to be very controversial today, believe it or not. Uh, but uh, I do have one little section that might be a little controversial or really two. I mean, it's crazy being in the, the theological realm. Uh, because you just, I mean, you can literally find someone who disagrees with you about literally everything. Uh, but anyway, so if you have any prayer requests, if you have any questions, whatever, you can put them in the comment section. It'll be a lot easier, though, especially if they're questions. If you'll email gracebondministries at gmail.com. And uh, as I receive those questions, I'll try to answer some of those. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, so, so what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to start uh, kind of a series, and I'm going to go through some Bible verses and passages that really, uh, really affect my worldview. Uh, and we talked about last week, worldview is, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's how you view the world. Uh, and that's things from, uh, you know, all the way from, from the beginning of life to death, um, to the end of this life. So, uh, and that, and, and that, that is, includes everything. I mean, it includes politics. I mean, it includes what, what movies you watch. It includes, uh, what games you play, who you, who you hang out with. I mean, all kinds of things. I mean, it, it truly affects, uh, the worldview. So what I'm going to do though, is I'm going to go through a few of the, uh, verses, uh, slash passages. Some of these are passages. Some of these are specific verses, but I'm going to go through these. And uh, just explain why these verses are so powerful to me and why uh, these are ones that I don't, <laughs> I actually don't remember some of these by heart. I remember what they say, but I have a hard time sometimes remembering uh, exactly where it's at. So I actually had to look up some of these. So don't think I'm some, you know, I just, I'm some brainiac and I just remember the whole Bible. Uh, I did look these up. Now I do, will say this though, because these are so important to me, I have these memorized in my head as to what they say, but sometimes I just forget where they're at. So, uh, like Proverbs 1, 7, I always remember that. That says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But I always forget which verse it is in chapter 1. And plus, it's in a couple other chapters in Proverbs 2. So, uh, anyways. But I will say this, though. Before I get into the specific, the specific verses and passages, I want to say this. 
is that the whole Bible affects my worldview, all right? So don't think I'm just, you know, picking and choosing what I like the most out of the Bible. I really think that most of these kind of kind of hone in on everything. But uh, so don't 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 you know twist that at all. I mean, the whole entire Bible affects my worldview, and some of these are kind of summary uh, verses and passages about the whole Bible and the world's story and God's uh, story and our story. Uh, so anyway, so that's what I'm going to do. I just want to list off a few of these passages, and maybe uh, one of them catches your attention. He's like, man, maybe I'd like to get a little deeper into that verse or passage. So this is what I'm going to talk about. Today I'm going to talk about Proverbs 1-7 that I just mentioned, about the fear of the Lord. And I'm also going to talk about the famous verse, John 3.16. And I think one that really needs to accompany that verse is 2 Peter 3.9. And that's when we're going to talk a little bit about salvation. Uh, and then some other ones, are not necessarily in this order. 1 Corinthians 15.14, a very important verse. It says, without the resurrection of Christ, our faith is futile. Luke 23.34 is when Jesus is on the cross. And he says, forgive them, Father, for, what they, know, for they know not what they do. Uh, we're going to talk about that one. Ephesians 6.12, our battle in this world is not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities and the spiritual darknesses of the world. And then uh, the last couple of chapters of Revelation, chapters 21 and 22, uh, talks about the end game. <laughs> uh, and about how God wins in our, in our future destiny for those who are believers in Christ. Uh, also, I'm going to talk about John uh, 14, 14, 6. And Revelation 20, 11 through 15, talking about how Jesus Christ is the only way, truth, and life. And that if we don't believe in him, we will be judged at the judgment seat. Uh, some of us will be judged by the books, and some of us will be judged by the book of life. And I'll get into that later on. And uh, the last one is Colossians 3, 23, which says, do, as un do everything as you do, as do it as you're doing it unto the Lord. So that's what I'm going to talk about all together. But tonight I'm just going to talk about the first two, as Proverbs 1, 7. John 3.16 and 2 Peter 3. Oh, look at that. 2 Peter 3.9. I just remembered all three of those. Y'all I mean, should be proud of me for that. Uh, <clears throat> also, uh, like I said, I'm not a brainiac. I don't know Hebrew. I'm going to talk about one of the Hebrew words in Proverbs 1.7 for uh, fear. But, you know, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I took one semester of Hebrew. Uh, but I will say this, and it'd be cool if I could, I could have a video just about what resources you can use to study Scripture. But if you go to blueletterbible.com, uh, is it .com or .org? Let me see. Blueletterbible.org. Uh, it has so many sources. There's actually classes you can take on there for free about different topics and Bible books and stuff. Very interesting. Or I could also suggest to you Northside Baptist Church, uh, Lakeland, Florida on YouTube. The pastor there does an excellent job at, uh, at going through the scriptures and, and, uh, and preaching expositorily. Very interesting stuff. But anyways, that's just one source. That's what I use kind of to get some of this stuff together. I use a few of these commentaries you, got, you see stacked behind me. Uh, but let me start with a word of prayer, and then I'll get into it. Dear God, I just thank you for this night, and thank you for this day. And uh, thank you for the many blessings, Lord. And I pray that you bless someone today with the, the message and, the, and, and your word, Lord, that you put on my heart tonight. God, I just, I know it'll it'll touch someone's heart. I pray it encourages people. I pray it opens people's eyes up, and I uh, pray it encourages people to to make that decision to uh, believe in you, reject you, and to repent of their old ways and to turn to you and accept the new heart that you have prepared for everyone that is willing to believe in you. In Jesus, in uh, and in Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. <clears throat>
So the fear of the Lord. Uh, also, this is this is interactive. So uh, if you're not watching this live, I mean, of course, you, you, you can you can watch it live or not live, whatever, on the page or on the YouTube channel. Uh, you know, but however you're watching it, this is, this can be very interactive. You know, go ahead, grab your Bible. I'm using the uh, King James Version. And uh, that'd be an interesting discussion, but I'm only using that because uh, the the new church I'm a member of, and about to be youth pastor, they prefer the King James. They're not King James only, but they prefer it, and uh, they prefer every all the teachers and and uh, preachers preach out of the King James version. That way, we're all unified in one version, which is an excellent idea. I can't. I I honestly have it's one of my pet peeves to go to a church where everybody has a different translation, uh, but it's pretty cool. But anyways, that's why I'm using the King James. Um, so let me get into this. So the Proverbs 1 7 is the first passage we're going to go to. Proverbs 1 7. Uh, you have to give me some time here. I don't have it, I don't have it marked in this Bible either. Uh, Proverbs 1 7. I already read this once uh, from memory, but let me read it again. Proverbs 1 7. Now, this is the very first chapter of the book of Proverbs. These, the Proverbs are these little, uh, like one or two, you know, a few sentence, sentence wisdom. Uh, a few wisdom sentences, if you want, want to say that. But it's there. They come from Solomon, who actually prayed for wisdom uh, to God. God said, "Ask for whatever you want." He asked for wisdom. And there's some really cool stuff in here. And uh, Solomon was definitely a bright man, and definitely was anointed by the Lord. But before he even gets into any of the proverbs, any of the other knowledge statements, or any of his, his his you know life principles and stuff like that. This is one of the first things he says in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you read Proverbs, you know that the fools are, are uh, <clears throat> it's a very negative word in this book. And it's, it's people who just reject God and they reject truth. Uh, and uh, but anyways, I want to talk about that first part mostly. It, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You know, there there there's just so many things that you can fear in life. I mean, there is so many things. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I remember as a kid, I think it was being around funerals and and death a lot. I uh, feared death. Uh, very, very <laughs> had a very rough fear of death. Uh, but as I developed my knowledge of Scripture and my trust and faith in Jesus Christ, which, you know, I, I was saved at a young age. But as I developed that faith in him, my my fear of death just kind of dwindled off, uh, off in, out of the way. And, and, and I realized that and that's not the only thing. Right. I mean, you can you can fear the darkness. You can you can fear what's going on in our country. Uh, you can fear being made fun of. You can fear. Uh, you can fear other people and their opinions of you and things like that. But if you're going to be a wise person, you must fear the Lord. You must fear the Lord. And as a, as a pastor, it's very important for a pastor, but I think it's important for everyone. Uh, because now we're living in, in a time and an age where uh, we, are, we are in a post-Christian era. And people don't want to hear the truth of God's word. A whole lot anymore. It, it's kind of countercultural. It always has been, but it seems to be more and more intense now. Uh, but it's a countercultural thing. 
And so, but if you if you do it, like Proverbs one seven says, and you and you fear the Lord, then you can start to have knowledge of Him. If you fear, now let's talk about what fear is. That'll help explain this just a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to say that though, because I think it's very important that you fear God alone, especially if you are a minister and you have to speak in front of a lot of people. Uh, I remember I remember God laying sermons on my heart that I knew that people. At my church, I just I knew they weren't going to like it, but I knew that God laid it on my heart. So I had to decide, am I going to do what God wants me to do, or am I going to do what people would like me most for? And I chose to fear the Lord over everything. Fear the Lord over everything. Uh, <clears throat> so let me read this quote here. This is, this is from Augustine. He's an early church father. I have this pretty fancy Bible here, and he goes through and and gives quotes of all the early church fathers through a lot of different centuries. I, don't, I can't remember how far the centuries go, but uh, Augustine was was uh, pretty early on. Oh, I wish I had the exact date for him, but he was a, he was an early church father and did a lot uh, for the early church and helped uh, defend the doctrine of the Trinity early on. But he says this uh, on Proverbs 1-7. He says, You should regulate your life and conduct by the commandments of God, which have which we have received to enable us to lead a good life, beginning with a religious fear, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, whereby human pride is broken down and weakened. Second, with a mild and gentle pity, you should refrain from objecting to passages of the Holy Scriptures, which you do not yet understand, and which seem to the uninstructed devoid of sense and self-contradictory. And you should not try to impose your ideas on the meaning of the holy books, but submit and hold your mind in check rather than savagely attack its hidden meaning. Now, that was a very important quote, uh, helping us understand what the fear of the Lord is. And, and this, this, this really applies to everything and not just, uh, you know, not, not just interpreting the scriptures, but to have uh, wisdom in general. <clears throat> and uh, in, the, the Hebrew word for fear is, uh, you have to, aretz, aretz, that's how you say it, aretz, aretz, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's how you say it, aretz, uh, that means fear, but the word fear can mean a, many different things, for instance, in Deuteronomy 1, verse 29, let me read that real quick, Deuteronomy 1, 29, It says, then I said unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. So there, that word arats is translated dread in the King James Version. Uh, but if you look in the in the New Living Translation, the more a little more paraphrasing translate, they really try to get to the to to bring out the the popular understanding or meaning of these words. And so though you actually use words like dread or instead of fear. Uh, <clears throat> Like in Jonah 1.10, actually, let me read this other one here. Uh, Leviticus 19.3, Leviticus 19.3 says, And ye shall give unto her unto Eleazar the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp. Oh, wait. Well, I wrote that one down wrong.
well, we'll leave that one alone. But there was a there was a verse in Leviticus I had. I wrote down the wrong thing here, but uh, <laughs> I'm in numbers. That would explain it. Sorry about that. I've turned to numbers. No brain fart on my part. My part. My brain fart on my part. Uh, Leviticus 19:3. Not numbers. Uh, it uses the word fear that arets a rat as reverence. Leviticus 19:3. And the King James says, "You shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God." Uh, but like in the New Living Translation, it gets a little more into bringing that. Uh, that interpreted kind of word because in Hebrew when a word is written it can have multiple definitions but so you got to kind of read the context and see what definition it, it has there and most people think that here it, it means reverence so like reverence for your your mother and father or in uh, 1 Kings 3.28 1 Kings 3.28 it's used in a different way now this is the same word now in all these it's the same exact word First Kings three twenty-eight. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared, is the word, feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. So there and and uh and, and there it's actually more in the sense of awe rather than, than fear. It's hard to really describe this word because of the different connotations it has on it now in our in our day, uh, but fear has a lot of different definitions, a lot of different understandings or uses, I guess, in Hebrew than it does for us now. Um, and there's one more in Jonah one ten. I'm not going to turn this; I'm running out of time. But Jonah one ten, uh, it talks about being terrified or being afraid. And I think I think that Proverbs one seven kind of it, it kind of brings all these terms together. Uh, you know, I think there is this sense that we need to fear God because God is a powerful, uh, he's the most powerful being. He holds the key to our life, our death, our existence, our, our sustainment. And, uh, you know, we need to fear that. But we also need to fear him in awe. So even, even that fear really leads to awe. It really leads to reverence. And if you don't fear God, if you don't hold him reverent, and if you don't look at him in all, above all things, and how he is just so perfect, and how he gives us all the answers that we desire, if you don't look for that, if you don't have that fear at the very beginning, you will never have knowledge about God. You will never have knowledge about God. So you have to fear him. You have to you have to hold him. You have to look at him in all. Look at look at him in with reverence. Look at him with fear, because he is the God of, of all creation. So why does this shape my worldview? Because it affects everything. When I come to any single situation, I so many times have to choose. Am I going to fear God, or am I going to fear this? Am I going to fear God, or am I going to fear this? Like when you make a big move in life, you know, are you going to fear God? Are you going to do what God wants you to do? Or are you going to fear the things that could happen, the bad things that could happen, instead of fearing God? And you have to constantly, we have to constantly make those decisions in our life. 
And so that's why that verse is so important to me. When I'm thinking no matter, I'm sitting in a room uh, with me being a, a, a pastor and teacher and, and a, a Christian. I, th- I think it's just being a Christian. But also with somebody who has a degree, you know, I have a bachelor's degree in Christian studies now. You know, somebody who has a degree, I'll sit in rooms all the time with people who are maybe even hostile to the gospel. And I have to choose, you know, am I going to fear this person? Am I going to fear this group? Or am I going to fear the Lord? And I'm, am I going to share his knowledge with them? So let me move on now to these next two. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to read John 3.16. We all know that one. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall have everlasting life and shall never perish. All right, so keep that one in mind, and let me <clears throat> let me read Second uh, Peter three nine. I think these two need to be interconnected so closely. I mean, I think they need to be right connected. Uh, when you when you quote John three sixteen, you should probably also quote Second Peter three nine because it's such a it's such an important. I mean, it's such an important uh, verse about the gospel and about uh, how Jesus how God views us. Uh, 2 Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, to us were not willing that, not willing, here's the key, not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. Not willing that any should perish, any, any. John 3.16 says, for everyone, okay? Um <laughs> You know, and uh, the reason I say it like that is because this, these two passages, I mean, people try to complicate the mess out of them. Specifically, people who consider themselves Calvinists, they'll say that God didn't, Jesus didn't die for everyone. He died for the elect. That's not what scripture says. People, if, I mean, John 3, 16, 2 Peter 3, 9 makes it so clear. But people try to complicate it and say, well, this, well, that. But I will say this, though, there are passages in, in other parts of the scripture that, that could could possibly lead someone to believe in Calvinism and the coherency of Calvinism and stuff like that. It's very drawing, I think, to a lot of people. But uh, it just doesn't seem like Scripture teaches that Jesus died only for a specific people, for a specific predestined, pre-chosen people. Uh, he says that he doesn't want any to perish, and, and uh, he wants all to come to repentance. He doesn't want just his elect to come to repentance. He wants all to come to repentance. Now, I know there's other verses. If you're a Calvinist, you're watching this, you can throw other verses at me, argue with me all day long as you want. Um, but, but I'm not here to argue about Calvinism right now. I'm just here to argue and uh, describe what my world, how this changes my worldview. Uh, but then on the flip side of that, there's also, I mean, the entirely flip side. Calvinists are very uh, picky about who is going into heaven and who's not. They throw the word heretic around like it's a piece of candy. Um, but on the flip side of that, it's also been misinterpreted by universalists to say, well, see, it says that God's loved the world, that the entire world basically will be saved. And, you know, for 2 Peter 3, 9, that uh, God doesn't want any to perish. He wants all to come to repentance. And so they take that to mean, well, see, the Bible says that everyone will be saved. That's not what the Bible says. And that's why another one of my key passages talks about that there are people who will be judged for not believing in Jesus Christ. So why is that? It's because God is not going to force himself on anyone. That's not love. <laughs> it's not love for God to force himself upon anyone. Uh, <clears throat> and so 
Yeah, really, yeah. I mean, <laughs> really no other way to describe it. Uh, he just—he's not going to force himself to force him to love, uh, force us to love him. It has to be a choice that we make, you know. And if we choose not to, he'll he'll respect our decision, and uh, he'll let us face the path. Now there are parameters, though. Right? It doesn't mean well. Okay, well, if you just you reject Jesus Christ, then you can, you know, you'll just okay. You know, you just don't have Jesus Christ. No, it's not like that. There is a judgment. Uh, you have to pay for your sins, and he does say that you will have to pay for your sins. But you need to pay for your sins on your own accord, and in an eternal hell, an eternal an eternal torment, a place where you are uh, basically judged for your sins, or you can accept the gift of Jesus Christ, who paid for your sins. If you accept that gift, if you believe in him, like John 3 says, believe in him, then you will have eternal life. You won't be judged. You won't have to pay for your own sins because you have accepted the gift that Jesus Christ has paid for your sins. And there's so much more to that. Uh, it does get a lot deeper than this. A lot of people take that out of context and say, well, you know, if I just say, okay, I believe in Jesus. Now what? You know, that's. You know, the belief in Jesus is, is this process. This is very supernatural process. You believe in Jesus. You receive the Holy Spirit. Let me read another one uh, for you here. 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16, if you're flipping along with me. Uh, says this. Know ye not that you ye are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? When you get saved... John 3 talks about that. It talks about being having uh, undergoing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so when you are saved, the Holy Spirit literally indwells within you. It regenerates your heart. You, he gives you a heart of flesh, gets rid of your heart of stone, gives you a heart of flesh. You see? And you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, and it, it, it just supernaturally changes how you view the whole world. So how do you get to that point? You have to not only... Accept the facts and add Jesus on here. You have to say, Jesus is mine. I really appreciate what he did. And how can you do that, though, without knowing that you're a sinner and without knowing that you deserve wrath and without knowing that Jesus Christ is the only way that your wrath can be paid apart from your own condemnation. And so if you accept the gift of Christ, you say, God, I really I, I believe you. I believe what Jesus did for me. I have no doubt that if you have a genuine faith, a genuine trust in what Jesus did for you, that God will reach out to you. He will regenerate your heart and you will be saved. You will be with me in eternity. And you just and you can experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not a Christian and you don't believe anything I just said, <laughs> you're probably thinking I'm talking about some crazy talk. Uh, but that's a, little, that's a different subject for a, a different day. Let's dig even just a little deeper into John 3.16. It says that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will not perish. You will not perish. Are you, are you, I, think, I think so many times we say that and we just don't think about it. You will not perish. What is one thing that every single human being, no matter where you're born at, no matter who you are, what is one thing that every single human being must do? That, that is die. Every single being, human being, will die. But John 3.16 says, and many other places in Scripture, that if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe in Jesus Christ, 
you will never perish. Now that definitely sounds like crazy talk. <laughs> but if you believe in Jesus Christ, you accept him, you let his Holy Spirit indwell within you, then you will become unperishable. Does that mean we won't have to face death? No. What that means is after death, we have an eternal life waiting for us. An eternal life that is for all believers in all places, all times, will all come together as one in unity, excuse me, in unity with Christ and living in heaven or on this earth forever. And also, John 3.16, it only gives two options. The options are you believe and you become unperishable, or you reject him and you perish. You reject him and you perish. You 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 pay for your sins yourself. But why does this affect my worldview? Uh, you know, I, uh, this is probably it seems pretty obvious, but it's the gospel. <laughs> it affects my worldview because, like I said, this this verse doesn't just apply to Christians. I had to tell somebody one time we were talking about hell, and she said uh, she said, you know. When, when I die, Jonathan, you better not ever say that I'm going to be in hell because I don't believe in it. I told her, he's like, well, you can believe whatever you want, but it does not change the truth. John 3.16, 2 Peter 3.9, and all the, other, the, all the other verses that talk about salvation, that applies to each and every single person. Whether they're a believer now or not, it applies to every single person. There is no third option. There's no fourth option, fifth option, sixth option. There's two options. You believe in Christ. Or you reject Christ. So these options affect every single human being. But also, this also changes my worldview because I want people to know. I want people to know that God loves them enough to come to this world as a man, a full God, fully God, fully man being came to this world, suffered, faced awful persecution, was crucified. You know, maybe I'll have to get into the details of the crucifixion, but it's awful. It's one of the worst in, in history. One of the worst ways to die in all of history was to be crucified. You're basically tortured for the last few days of your life. You were tortured tremendously. I mean, it's even a surprise that these guys could even made it to the cross and survive to the, get up on the cross. So I think people need to know that God loves them and that he wishes that nobody perishes. But again, this also teaches, and Revelation 20 teaches, that God is not going to force himself on anyone. God is not going to force himself on anyone. People have to choose themselves whether to accept or reject Christ. And who can help them? With that decision, it's Christians like me and like you who can reach out to people and share the gospel with them and explain it to them, make it so clear that it's just they just have to really just truly accept or deny it without any barriers in the way. But I want to tell you this, friends, before I get off of here, the gospel is for everyone. It's for everyone. It's not just for Christians. It's not just for Hitler, you know, the worst of the worst. It's for every single person that has ever lived. Every single one. So share it with whoever you can. 
But that's why that affects my worldview. So let me get off here. I've been on for 30 minutes. You know, I've only had people come and go here, but uh, I just want to say thank you for watching. Once again, uh, if if you have questions, you have prayer requests, email gracebombministries at gmail.com uh, and send those to me. I'll be glad to try to answer those. Also, uh, I've shared this on my Facebook page. If you're watching this, please share it. Uh, that gives, you know, I would like to get as many people liking this page as possible. And I hope this is very successful in the future. Uh, but like my page, so subscribe to my YouTube channel. I put that in the news feed on the page. Uh, I would greatly appreciate that. All these videos go on YouTube and uh, possibly some more here in the future. will just uh, primarily be on YouTube. So uh, anyways, thank you for watching. Uh, I know it was a long video, but I really hope you found this very uh, productive and, and uh, enlightening and uh, fulfilling. And I hope that the spirit is connecting between me and you, God's Holy Spirit. Uh, speaking through me, and, and it's and it's leading you to listen uh, to His Word. I love it when I get to open the Scriptures and uh, talk about what God has revealed to us. Anyways, thank you for watching. Thank you for joining Grace Bond Ministries, and I'm so excited of uh, what this could develop into. So, anyways, thanks for watching, and I'm about to get off in a couple seconds.